What is up, conscious monkeys? Welcome to another episode of Catch Up with Clayton. As always, I am your host, Clayton. And in this episode, we are jam-packed with a whole bunch of things, a whole bunch of stuff. We have small wins, a lens into the small wins. It's small win season, people. So I hope that you're getting on your small wins. And I have an amazing example that I learned whenever I was traveling and visiting SpaceX, which is super dope. Shout out my brother, dot, dot, dot. We'll get back to that later. I briefly go over the origins of Halloween and the interesting conundrum with it. I'll give you a link to a bigger video that will help you know even more. No way we're going to cover it all in this video. And lastly, we have the return. Drum roll, please. Of spiritual politics. Spiritual politics. The whole Ken- Kanye Ye West saga continues. And I'm going to tell you what I'm, how I'm looking at this. How I'm looking at this situation. And so let's just dive right into it. Oh, and of course, of course, how could I possibly forget? We will also discuss the podcast episode releasing this week. How could I be so ignorant to forget about that? Because it's a cool one. But without further ado, let's start it with the small wins, small win season. Let's talk about it. So I was visiting SpaceX. Super dope. If you don't know, my brother works there. Hopefully that doesn't get me targeted by China or Russia or someone else. But, you know, that information is now out there. Already probably knew it. I don't know why I think that they didn't already know that. But here we are. And he took us on a tour and it was so cool. The first thing that came to mind whenever I saw it is that the very first rocket that they had, SpaceX had, they were testing it off of some island and it was back in 2008. And it was their very first successful launch was after two failures. And they were on the brink of bankruptcy. If this third rocket didn't successfully launch, they would have failed. It would have went under. It would have went buff. It would have went kapoof. And so, excuse me, the reason I bring this up is to realize that you're allowed to fail. And you can be the first company to put privately funded company to achieve space, create internet for the whole world. And it's crazy to me. It's just wild. So the lens here, whenever it comes to small wins that I wish to offer to you is to look at this in the lens of small wins, because I was going through their faculty, their facility, seeing the production line of where they create these rockets and how they bring in, put these things together. Guys, it is no simple feat at all. (laughs) I mean, they have the best people in the world working on these things, producing these things, managing these things that are just so huge. It's insane. I mean, it took a couple seconds to even just walk, maybe a minute to walk the size of these. And if you don't know, Looking up rocket comparisons to the size of humans is something you should do right after you listen to this podcast, because the size of these rockets is just astronomical. It's out of this world, dare I say. (laughs) And I just found it so fascinating because I never realized how big that these rockets actually are. 
and but I'm the small wins, the small wins. The point is, is that to be in this huge facility surrounded by people creating like two, three, four rocket engines a day working 24 seven to me, I'm sitting there looking at this, like, this is so cool. This is so powerful. This is so something that I would love to be able to have a container of energy to support because the way that I look at it is that Obviously, Elon isn't doing all these things. However, he built himself to be such a container to be able to support financially, energetically, and hire people with the drive and ability to create such an amazing facility. And this is just SpaceX. He's got Tesla. He's got the Boring Company. He's got a couple others, too. And I find it so, so, so fascinating of his ability to create and be a container for such energy. And the reason this comes back to small wins is had he never, had he never been able to have that successful launch, I wouldn't have been walking through that floor. And where it comes to is that we view these grandiose humanitarian changing accomplishments such as space flight such as producing four or five rockets a day and we think to ourselves that it happened overnight but it couldn't be farther from the truth so it really helped me get perspective on another situation where I realized that I needed to take a step back. I needed to take a step back and say to myself, okay, small wins. What's the smallest win that can get this ball rolling, get the momentum flowing, get the jive and juices flowing. And even after this, we were in LA, we went to the Bigfoot Lodge, which is cool because I figured out that they actually shot a scene from, I believe, Yes Man with Jim Carrey in the Bigfoot Lodge. But we were sitting there, we were talking, great conversation with my parents and brother. And we were talking, I don't remember exactly. We were talking about elementary school and being in like a gifted program. And it reminded me of when I was in grade school, just learning one plus one and learning these math equations that are so simple today. And for those of you who may not know, my background is as a software engineer, have a bachelor's in science. So technically I am a scientist, which is pretty cool. But the reason that I bring that up is to humbly state that I went through math, through calculus, through differential equations. And I viewed it in this lens of one plus one equals two is almost where my energetic alignment is. And maybe it's a little bit past that, but I'm just for simplistic states, simplistic sake. One plus one equals two is maybe the equivalence of where my monetary energetic alignment is. And I'm saying to myself, Hey, 
I want to be able to take on the energy of differential equations. And I'm just like, how do I get to that differential equation energy? Instead of saying, okay, master adding, master subtracting, master division, multiplication, master algebra, master geometry. And then you can actually get into calculus, calculus one, two, three, and then differential equations. That's where you want to go. It takes time. It took you shit. 14 years for its grade school to college, maybe 15 years to get to differential equations. And now Clayton, you are viewing this world. You are going out in this world on your own to create something to help it generate and drive revenue for yourself and to produce more and connect more with people. And this is only at year one. You need to realize that you're only in the first year of trying to really fully dive in and make money for yourself. Of course, you're not going to be solving differential equations on the first year. Of course, you're not going to be mastering the energetics of money. Of course, you are not going to be making a million dollars a year per month, even. I think the per day was actually my, <laughs> now that I'm thinking back on it, I was actually trying to manifest a million dollars per day. And the universe is just like, dude, you, you're, you're looking at it in the 20 year plan. Like, it's like, just break this down smaller, focus smaller. And it's something that a lot of people have actually been telling me. I've been bringing it up. I told you I met with Christina Rice last week and she even brought that up as well. She echoed that small wind season. Akashic Danny echoed that small wind season. And so I'm super grateful for both those people, but even more grateful for myself. I'm going to, you know, they, they pointed me in that direction. I'm super grateful that I'm able to recalibrate and actually just kind of take that in because I do believe that we do need to get multiple perspectives on our situation because I, you know, I'm super grateful for Danny incredible Akashic, Akashic record reader, super grateful for Christina, incredible channeler as well. And there's a part of me, the scientist, here it is, the scientist part of me wants to get different data points from different people. And so it's nice to hear that validation. And quite frankly, shout out to Lauren Fisher, who's on episode 43 and episode 17, I believe trying to go off memory here. I believe that's accurate because I sat down with her to discuss the energetics of relationships and sex. And in our conversation, she echoed things that I knew and have been putting off to do with regards to aligning myself to a new relationship. And I've known it, but it, listening to another person say it, it almost validates almost validates these things for ourselves. And I know that when I have people in on Akashic Record readings, which you can sign up for in the link below, click on the master link, that a lot of times, maybe 70% of the time, I'm saying things that these people already know. You're asking me a question and I'm telling you an answer. And the response is, oh, well, I kind of already knew that. And it's so wild how we just sometimes need that outside voice to push us in that direction. 
It's like, shit, I already knew that. Why didn't I listen to myself? And the answer to that goes very deep and it's very different for everybody. It could be culture, could be the time period we're in, could be just the out of tune nature that we see ourselves. But the point is, is to realize that you can pull multiple data points. And if all of them are saying the same thing, it's a good, it's a good, there's a chance that you should take a swing on it. You should give it a shot. That's what I would suggest for you. And if not, you can always start and stop again. Try again. Maybe it pushes you a little further away, but you know now that that's not the right path. And where this gets interesting is with the next thing that we're going to talk about, which is the origin of Halloween. And part of me always kind of knew this. And it might seem like a bad transition, but it's not because the the symbolism of Halloween is to represent the death aspect of the death and rebirth of the Phoenix coming back and rising again to honor the catastrophes, the natural, specifically natural catastrophes that have wiped out so much of nature, of humans in the past, of animals, of species, of life, of matter, of all of it. And Halloween is the honoring of the death aspect of that death and rebirth. Let's be okay to die and be reborn. And so it is actually very fascinating looking at it in this lens, how we honor Halloween, which is almost the death. And then a month later, we have Thanksgiving, which is giving thanks to the situation we're in. And then even another month later, we have the new year. It's the rebirth. Wow. (laughs) You guys are hearing this just as I'm putting that together. That's crazy. Halloween, let things die. Let things burn off. Thanksgiving, be grateful for the things that remain because those are the truest things that have guided you to this point in your life. And then we have the rebirth in the new year. Double down on those things. Invest in those things more. Yourself, your podcast, your content, your profession, your studio, invest in yourself and be reborn into that new energy. And a lot of this information about Halloween, I'm pulling from a YouTube video of after school by the great Dr. Mark, (laughs) by the great Mark Wooding. Mark was on episode 11, and then he was also recently featured in the most underrated episodes of the first year. Because for some reason, (laughs) nobody listened to his first episode. It was like the lowest, second lowest. It was the second lowest viewed episode in the first year. And I was like, this is not okay. I was like, Mark deserves more than this. And so we did it. We gave Mark a little bit more of a, a platform. We got his name out there a bit more. And so go check out that episode. So great. Um, also in the link below, I will be including that YouTube video as well, because you know, Mark, if you listen, Kudos to you, brother. Keep doing your thing. (sighs) Now, for the moment that you have all been waiting for. Spiritual politics. This whole Kanye West saga. And it's interesting, too, because there's actually a 
clip from an episode I did with Simplifying Sam in episode 31, where we talked about Kanye and the fact that the nature that we all are and have these pieces of God within us. And that clip is going viral still on Instagram, which is cool. But now that all this shit is coming out, maybe it's circulating again. I, I don't I don't know what's happening, but then people are commenting like anti whatever. But before I jump into what I want to say about this newest development, I do want to be very, very clear that I do not believe in violence or harm of any kind. It doesn't make I don't want to say it doesn't make sense. I understand why people do it, but there is always a better way than violence, than hate. And it takes people to show that path for others. I mean, if all you've been taught growing up was hate and evil and lies, then you just carry that out. It's your natural attunement to the universe. Then it's your natural frequency that you abide by in humanity, in this 3D plane of existence and reality. So I think the best thing we can do is to illuminate passive love and light for every individual we come in contact with, because we don't know what we don't know. And so if you don't know that there's a better way to do things, then you just don't take that route because how could you, if you don't know it exists now, let's dive into the actual context of what occurred with Kanye West. Now, man, the biggest issue that I see with this whole dilemma is censorship. And I've said it before in other in other spiritual politics, but my biggest concern here is censorship because I can now, it is impossible for me to actually go back and see what Kanye actually said. It is. You could argue there's screenshots. I can argue that those are fake. You can argue that he said certain things. I can argue that I never saw it because I didn't. The only evidence, quote unquote, that I have are screenshots, which I, we all know can be faked, especially the Twitter screenshots. So easy for anyone to fake any screenshot they want and attribute it to someone. If you don't believe me, I'll do it for you. Shoot me a DM. <laughs> but the other thing is, is that it's just a bunch of people repeating what he said, which I... I don't even know if I want to repeat it because I don't even know if he said it. Now, what it is that people are quoting that he said was "Def Con 3 on Jewish people. Now, I didn't even know what Def Con meant, first of all. And so I had to look it up and it turns out that he meant to, or maybe he didn't even meant, I don't even know what he meant to say because there's no dialogue with the person who actually said it is Def Con three, which is more of a militarized approach. So I believe DEF CON one and stick with me here. I'm actually going to look this up because I want to make sure that I get this accurate, but I know that DEF CON one means that we're like going into a nuclear war. Nuclear war is imminent cockpit. The exercise term for DEF CON one is cocked pistol. Nuclear war is imminent or has already begun maximum readiness, immediate response. DEFCON 2, fast pace, next step to nuclear war. Armed forces ready to deploy and engage in less than six hours. DEFCON 3, which I, I guess, you know, Ye was referring to. Exercise term is roundhouse. 
and the description is increase in force readiness above that required for normal readiness. Air force ready to mobilize in 15 minutes. And then it goes down the list. So like DEFCON 4 is a double take, increased intelligence watch and strength security measures above normal readiness. And I believe DEFCON 4 is probably where the majority of our views lie with regards to like China and Russia at the current time. And DEFCON 5 would be fade out, lowest state of readiness. It's just normal life, which is probably us keeping tabs on third world countries. So... Let me see here. Oh, there's some examples here. Uh, so DEFCON 2 would be the Cuban Missile Crisis, Persian Gulf War. DEFCON 3 would be Yom Kippur War, Operation Paul Bynum, or even the September 11 attacks were DEFCON 3. So that's interesting. And with that being said, I, I, I mean, I agree. Like, I'm not going to make excuses for the guy. It, it seems like it seems like based on the see, here's the problem. Again, here's the problem is I can't even know if he actually said it. I'm about to make, or I was about to make comments on what other people are saying. He said the problem with Twitter, like it, and it doesn't, the censorship doesn't even make sense to me because if that is actually what he said, it's already out there and everyone can see it. What is the validity in deleting that tweet? It doesn't, it doesn't make sense to me. It almost seems like a power grab on the part of Twitter. Like they want to exercise their authority in this issue. And again, again, I, I, I just, I don't, I mean, it just doesn't, it feels to me as if Twitter wants to be the bearer of public discord. And so by them being able to say and delete it, then it is. Right. And again, I don't even know how many people, I don't know if he actually, he said he hasn't apologized. So I haven't. And again, you know, this is probably uh, something I should probably put my foot in my mouth a little bit because I have not, like, I saw he went on a couple different talk shows and talked to some people. And he, I mean, said stuff to like back, but I didn't watch all of them. So, you know, I, it seems like he did say what it said. Right. Um, and honestly, for one of my, for honestly, I should, before even commenting on this on, on basis of Kanye, I, I should go and watch those interviews to have a more informed opinion about him personally, but I don't see it as even being about him. It's a conversation. I mean, I don't, I mean, of course, yeah, it's wrong. Like no one should have hate thrown towards them right? We should love everybody, literally everybody, even fucking Kanye in this situation. We should be showing him love and compassion, not denouncing him, telling him he's crazy because to me, it just doesn't actually solve the issue. How many people would need to come out and virtue signal? Oh, I'm anti-Semitic or like I'm against ant. What is it? I see. I'm, I'm kind of boggled up in my mind but the number of people it's like oh this person's against his remarks and this person is and we're all saying that we are so loving and against like anti-semitism and we're so uh, the and to me it's just this dog and pony show it's just this dog and pony show of who can be the best virtue signaler it means fucking nothing and all it means is them getting their faces back out in front of the cameras for 30 seconds because they're anti-Semitic. Like that should be the default scenario. Like, cool. You're anti- like, oh, 
This Kanye situation, I need to tell everybody why I'm anti-Semitic. You're adding fucking nothing to the conversation. That's all I have to kind of say about it. And I don't, and maybe I'm getting a little angry. I, I feel like I'm building up a little bit of tension in my body. And maybe it's that I'm actually diving into the energy of this conversation because people get heated about it. And I'm sure people are going to get heated about what I'm even saying now, but fuck it. And the reason that they're getting heated is because I dove down into that energy. Oh shit. Yeah. So let me, uh, let me clear my energy a little bit and uh, see if I can bring this back upwards. As opposed to people just making these statements of I'm anti-Semitic. We should. All right. Sorry about that guys. I got cut off at the end there and it was such a delay in the cutoff that I'm actually not sure exactly what I was talking about. I knew I was talking about something with Kanye West, but then it, it just dove the internet dove somehow. So maybe I was supposed to stop talking there. <laughs> I was about to get myself into a rabbit hole, but what I do want to actually talk about is the podcast that I am releasing on Monday. And it's kind of cool because whenever the recording died off there, I started recording on, or I started going live on Instagram. And the idea that I actually came to with the beautiful people on Instagram is that I decided I'm going to start going live on IG so that you guys can interact with me while I'm recording the catch up with Clayton episodes. And if you guys have questions, if I need to be more clear about something, I can just look in the comment section and be like, Hey, let me see what you guys think. So the last thing that I want to wrap up on is a quick introduction to episode 052, which is going to be releasing on Monday. And it is with dream Oracle, Holly Emerson. And it is a very fascinating way that she breaks down reality because her view is that dreams have so much information in them that she, she, she finds answers in the waking life in the dream world. And she even goes as far to say that she believes that reality that we're experiencing right now may even be just a dream. And I find this so fascinating because I have also had the idea that dreams are parallel or different timelines. And so if when I'm dreaming, I'm entering a different timeline, then it would serve to make sense that this waking reality is accessible to a different timeline version of Clayton. If that gets your gears turning and you're interested in it, get ready for the podcast that's releasing on Monday, uh, October. Is it October 31st? Is it? Oh my gosh. It's releasing on Halloween. That's pretty cool. So cool. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for sticking around listening to this. Go check out all the links below that we talked about. And with that being said, conscious monkeys, I will see you all in the sixth dimension.